You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue on our coverage of Nip Tuck, one of the greatest TV shows to ever exist in the world of TV. We are into the second season still. We're getting very much to the pointy end of one amazing season of television. This is the 11th episode. is entitled Natasha Charles. That is Natasha Charles. This episode aired way back on the 31st of August 2004. And uh, we will also say that this one was written by Lynn Green and Richard Levine, or Levine, whatever you want to say, and directed by Greer Shepard, just to give them their due because we should do that more often. Uh, my name is Ben, and am I pretty enough to flirt with you? And I'm Nick, and uh, two of my scents became bestsellers last year. Oh, congratulations. What was it, like um, Ode to You and Ode to Lamb or something like that? Or Yeah, I was, I was going to make a fart joke there, but it's probably beneath me, really. <laughs> Mint jelly? Um, I, look, <laughs> I don't know, trying to come up with some sheep jokes. Yeah, I should have gone with your fart jokes. I probably would have uh, come across funnier. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's good to be back, uh, as always, Nick. We, we love, obviously talking about nip tuck but we're really getting into the the meat and grind of this season are we not i mean you and i have talked this season up so much and uh we're getting into sort of these final six or so episodes but uh starting to really heat up in nip tuck land yeah yeah i think we're kind of um heading towards our our finish line here i guess a little bit um and this these next couple of episodes kind of wrap up well not wrap up but probably start to to close out the season story arc around um you know the kind of Sean and Christian and Julia thing, and we've probably talked through the Sean and Christian, got our um, our resolution in the last episode, and now we're going to, you know, spend a couple of episodes kind of dealing with the fallout with Julia. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where we're, we're heading over the next couple of episodes, at least, but we're getting a little bit of the lighthearted stuff before we head into Carver Talk to finish off the season. That is very true. And this episode's, uh, I mean, it's we do have some of that. Obviously, you're talking about the resolution with Julia, but we also uh, have kind of a new person introduced, uh, which should we come sort of loosely involved uh, with some of this season, and we'll pretty much get to her straight away. We meet Natasha, who, of course, is the, um, the subject matter of this uh, episode, Natasha Charles. Uh, she's blind, and she's sitting in the office with Christian and Sean, and basically her eyes uh, are spooky, as they are described, um, and she wants to uh, get them fixed up a little bit because, uh, similar to Nick, she had two bestseller scents recently, so she needs to um, remodel for the dating season. Uh, and we obviously get some great flirtatious moments between uh, Christian and Natasha and uh, some great sort of back and forth there. I, I like the line there when she says about uh, Christian, like, you're a Lothario um, and then Sean's like, well, who doesn't say I'm the Lothario? And, uh, she talks about the perfume. My, my, I mean, I love this opening sequence. I mean, I, I like Natasha. She's kind of just like a, you know, without giving too much away. She's in it for a few episodes, but don't get too attached to her, I guess. But, uh, I mean, she's one of these sort of side ones that is memorable enough, not just because she's blind. I think she's very attractive. She's a fun character. And I think the chemistry between her and Christian works uh, really well. I mean, my biggest question, though, in this is like, yeah, I know she's remodeling for dating season, but, I mean, why has it taken her this long to get these eyes done? She's been blind her whole life. I mean, I don't know, like, she doesn't know how attractive she is. Is she starting to get more attention? Is that why she's only getting these eyes fixed now? Yeah, it's a bit of a, a kind of unknown thing. I mean, um, it, it, it's kind of weird how she kind of just arrives on the scene a little bit. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I don't know a lot about the blind dating scene. It's not not an area of expertise for me, I have to say. So I probably can't add a whole lot of insight, really. But yeah, it is it is um, kind of interesting to think about the the why now. Um, and the whole thing with her eyes is quite weird. I mean, we're going to get into this a little bit um, as the thing goes on. But um, you know, Christian says she's a ten, apart from apart from the eyes that that she's a ten. So yeah, it's surprising, I guess that. Um, nothing's happened before now, but I guess that's the whole point of this this little kind of story arc is to not just base things on what you see and um, that you know that things are, are more than skin deep, which is kind of a a bit of a byline for this whole this whole series as a as a whole, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, I mean, look, you know, let's let's be flat out shallow here, uh, Nick. Uh, is she a ten with the eyes? I mean, I think she's she's a very attractive woman, Natasha. Um, yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> you're, you're not too much into her. The eyes really don't sell it for you. <laughs> oh, no, it's, not, it's not, not the eyes. I think she's, she's good looking. I, I probably wouldn't have said she was a 10, but um, <laughs> everybody's, everybody's different. She'd look at me and probably think I was a three. So, well, she couldn't look you know, she's blind. Yeah, true, true, exactly. <laughs> Making <laughs> blind jokes. Good job, Ben. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was going to say they they won't know they can't listen, but they're blind, not deaf. So uh, most people who yeah. listen to these shows are deaf anyway. Um, but they have to be. Yeah, well, exactly. Stop listening, all right? We're going to make you deaf. Um, Rebecca Gayhart is her name, the actress, actually. And I think, kind of just looking at her credits, I'm pretty sure I have seen her in something else. Because, I mean, she does have a very, I guess, memorable face. She was in Scream 2. Um Maybe that was it. I don't know. Um, just randomly jumping into her filmography. She was recently in a film called Grey Lady. And just for those at home, playing at home, no, she's not blind in real life. So, just <laughs> in case people were wondering. So, we had that with the uh, the the twins the other week, obviously, didn't we? With uh, the, the conjoined twins. So, yeah, yeah. you know, we always want to find out. Um, so, anyway, we, we're now at a school auction because where else would you want to be after having a uh, scene with a blind woman? And uh, we see uh, Sean going around the table, looking at items, meets up with Julia. She's there. She's surprised to see him because he would never attend these things. But uh, he's obviously providing services on a silent auction because in walks Kimba with her fake boobs, which seem to be the uh, the topic of conversation. Julia gets upset because she can't believe that um, he brought her along. And obviously, Sean kind of goes on about all the men here are, you know, staring at her tits, wishing they were me, and uh, just kind of still helping Julia spiral down her uh, little path of what she's on because what is it line that Sean says, you've lost your boy, you know, because, like, Julia's like, who are you? Or basically going on with that again. So, I mean, it's it's a... Good little scene. Uh, we get Annie mentions. We get excited because Annie gets mentioned. But if you love Annie like me, you'll get to see see her in this episode. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of just another one of these interesting scenes between Sean and Julia. And I just want to point out, before I let you talk about this, this is just coming from a hockey fan. The stick he mentions about the Tampa Bay Lightning, it's worth more now that they've won the cup. Fuck you, Tampa Bay Lightning. You were robbed. You robbed the Calgary Flames of winning that cup. It was a goal in game six. It should have been a goal. Calgary are the rightful winners of that Stanley Cup. Fuck you, Tampa Bay Lightning. Anyway, over to you, Nick. Uh, yeah, sorry. I can't really <laughs> add much to the, the ice hockey discussion. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think one of the things that, that uh, really makes me laugh about this whole scene is actually the music behind it. It's kind mm. of like elephant music. It's so strange. <laughs> it's supposed to be like kind of like lighthearted, I guess. And it's kind of weird because you've got this whole thing of you know, kind of Julia and, and Sean, like Julia trying to be nice to Sean. And um, 
gun threat is a little bit out of place because we we really haven't. I don't think we've got to the point in the story where Julia is still, you know, is, is uh, being nice to Sean. Um, and then you yeah, obviously Kimball walks in and kind of things change a little bit. It's yeah, it's just a it's a deliberately awkward scene. I, the the thing I love about it is just like I kind of keep looking backwards and forwards about like all the items on the table and there's like what looks like the crappiest pair of speakers <laughs> and you know like just just weird bits and pieces on the wall it's just yeah it's quite strange and there's a lot of bottles of wine that aren't for sale they're they're just for uh the people to all get smashed on apparently um it's like this, it almost feels like this is the scene that they actually filmed in a real school because it's just so strange eh? like it's just even the extras in it are all weird we're well, not weird looking but you know like just out of place it's yeah it's quite strange yeah it really is um but i mean it's still it's you know, you really are starting to feel for Julia. And I think kind of this is what these next two episodes are really about. You know, it's starting to feel for Julia and really getting a side of it. And, um, you know, Kimber, this is this her only appearance in this episode? Do we see her again at all in this episode? I don't think we do, do we? Um, yeah, I don't think so. Random Kimber. I mean, why not? Her and Sean's relationship is going great guns, clearly. I lo- I think, what is this? Is that hockey sticks only going for like $300? I think that's what Sean says. You know, like, oh, it's worth a lot more now that they won the cup. I mean, that just, to me, goes to prove that how much people in Florida give a shit about hockey. And why it's also like a big, massive fuck you to true hockey teams in the NHL. Like, again, without getting too sidetracked, fucking robbed Calgary were and that's in game six. Just to paint the picture for you here, Nick, because I know you're a huge hockey fan. Calgary are 3-2 up in the Stanley Cup Finals. There was a disallowed goal that should have been a goal. Calgary would have won the match. They would have won the Stanley Cup. Instead, it went to double overtime. Tampa Bay won, and they went on to win Game 7. Fuck you, Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, <laughs> I really don't like them, okay? <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of need to move on, I think. <laughs> it just brings up memories, Nick. All right, should have won the Stanley Cup. Um, so we, uh, we are back with Natasha and Christian and we meet, uh, this eye doctor guy. Now, who is this guy? This guy's familiar. I'm trying to, I should have, you, do you know, have you got his name there or? He does look kind of familiar. He looks like a bit of a character actor that we, that we might've seen around before. Um, Armin I mean, Shimmerman, what, what, that's who he is. All right, keep talking. I'm going to find out what he's been in. Yeah, I was going to say, while you're frantically searching who he is and what he's from, um, this is a really weird scene in terms of, is there people that actually do this for a living? That you kind of make Ooh, fake art? Yeah, I'm guessing. It, it, seems, it seems like a very niche market. I suppose there probably is. It's just not something you really think about. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a bizarre thing. I'd be really interested to know if this is based off you know an, an actual profession. Because um, you just assume that it is, but... Um, this guy seems fittingly weird for somebody that would do this kind of job. I'm, I mean, I'm guessing it would have to be because, I mean, this is kind of the thing which I guess, and look, in all jokes aside, if any blind people are listening, we're putting this out every week, like plastic surgeons are listening, you know, conjoined twins are listening, uh, blind people, are listening. we're really trying to get to know our audience. I mean, I guess it kind of comes down to the fact that as she sort of says, like, she's been blind her entire life. So when she says, like, oh, what colour should my eyes be? Blue with a hint of green. You know, blue. Oh, like the ocean and the sky. you got to kind of imagine that. She doesn't know what blue looks like. So it's kind of a weird thing that she's kind of like, yeah, blue, and relying on Christian. I mean, in all seriousness, Christian could be an absolute dick. She could be really ugly and, like, be giving her, like, bright pink eyes with red polka dots. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's sweet and all, but, I mean, it is it is a very niche profession that these guys, like, could just be trolling blind people. Like, yeah, blue with a hint of green. Yeah, you'll look beautiful. Yeah. And, like, has she's walking around with, like, cocks on her eyes or something like that. <laughs> well, I guess people would tell her if it looked weird. Well, would they? Maybe the um, world, maybe Florida hates blind people. <laughs> I mean, it's Florida. Oh, maybe, maybe anything's possible. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, this is like uh, the thing about it too is it is quite a strange. Like it's a, um, I mean, any surgery that's based on eyes is always a bit weird. Um, oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. But um, this one is particularly kind of upsetting because not only do you see kind of like your eyes get removed, but then they kind of like shoot like a you know syringe full of this you know plaster into her eye socket. Um, it's pretty disgusting, quite frankly. Um, but I think this is one of those things that you love about the show. And sometimes we just you get so used to it, you gloss over the fact that, um, you know, we've got these quite cool surgery scenes. They do an awesome job of, of making this look really cool. Yeah, for sure. And I think kind of we went back a few episodes ago when we were talking about the um, the prosthetic department had lost it a little bit in the in the Rosenberg episode. But this this has come back full circle because, you know, we, we talked about the fact that she's not really blind in real life. And I don't think even if she was, they're really going to remove her eyes. I mean, by all means, she could be a super good character actress. But I mean, that scene, that sequence, like, yeah, it's it's disgusting and it looks incredibly realistic um what they do with that so i mean look again i'm no doctor i don't go around removing people's eyes but i can imagine that's what it looks like (laughs) um and yeah so it's it's very confronting and and like i think you and i have talked constantly about you know we're not necessarily grossed out by these scenes but it's generally the face ones that kind of throw us a little bit and to me it's more so down to the eye ones and yeah this definitely made me cringe a little bit watching it um but yeah it's 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 a it's a very cleverly edited i will say how they kind of see it and kind of just like the minute details you're seeing with the way he's fixing the eyes up like with the red fibers and i believe this is a thing i mean i this has to be a real thing and props to people like it's kind of it's one of those weird professions it's like who gets into these professions i think we've like talked about like who goes into it wanting to be a foot doctor like oh i I woke up today mum and i want to be a doctor oh what do you want to specialize in I want to be a urologist. I love working with penises. Like, I mean, it's just, it's kind of one of these ones I feel you would just fall into, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess like anything else, there's a, there must be a market for it. And if you're good at it, then, you know, you're you're going to um, ply your trade there, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, that's what's quite fun about this is that we kind of get to see professions that, I mean, this whole thing is about showing plastic surgery is about more than just boob jobs and nose jobs and you know this is kind of like quite a niche thing and it's it's cool to see it i really enjoy it um it is just a really awkward scene i think they picked a really good person to um you know to to basically fill this role of the the eye man or whatever the hell you'd call him and and can i just also point out no disrespect to urologists out there i'm sure the day when i ever need to see a urologist and i put my cock in your hands quite literally um i would appreciate you do a good job uh, so, yeah. um, you know, I just, I'm really waiting one day to like check our inbox and we've got like email subject, angry urologist, listen to your show, angry yeah. joint twin, listen to your show. Uh, <laughs> I just want I'm- somebody to send me that email. I don't care if you really are a urologist. If you're a urologist conjoined twin who was also blind, you have yeah. a very weird way of working. Don't work on my penis, but please yeah, email us in. <laughs> yeah. It's just interesting. I'm just um, I've just found a website for um, prostheticeyes.co.nz. Oh, um, so that's actually quite a big thing. Like New Zealand's got its own one. And Give in fact, a plug, got- Nick. Where, where where are they located? Who can like? Uh, what are their prices? We feel like we get a sponsor here. Yeah, no. His his name's Dr. Keith Pine. Of um, <laughs> and uh, there is clinic locations in one, two, three, four, five, six cities in the How North many Island. Cities? Uh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Wow, there you go. Look at that. Uh, so all you blind New Zealanders, off you, off you pop. I guess what I've forgotten is that, like, 
in, in the, the kind of bad old days or good old days or whatever, then you would just get in, like a glass eye fitted, wouldn't you? Yeah. So I guess this is the next step on. And I guess lots of people had glass eyes. So it shouldn't really um, surprise me all that much. It's, um, uh, yeah, I just, I'd never really thought about it before. So, it's, you know, we're learning things. This is a, this is a um, an educational show. It is. Well, who would have ever thought? Um, yeah, and just on the actor, so Armin Shimmerman, uh, he has been in fucking lots of things, people. He is been around uh basically since uh the early eight late 70s actually but i mean pretty much anything you can think of he has been in uh and i guess what i probably would best know him for uh, i'm not sure if you're a buffy fan nick uh but he was principal snyder in buffy and if i remember if that's the person i'm thinking of he was like one of my favorite villains in buffy so actually no no that was a different principal but i was it there was an evil principal in one of the seasons. Clearly, I'm a huge Buffy fan. But um, I, I do remember, like, now thinking back that he was... Yeah, I, I remember him as a principal in Buffy. Clearly not if he was evil or not. But, I mean, look, he's been in so many... He does a lot of video game voices. Um, if you're a Star Trek fan, uh, he was... Uh, he was Quark, Herbert Rosoff, and Audra Dax in Deep Space Nine. There you go. Um... So, yeah, there's a lot of different shows. Basically, name a show, he was in it. <laughs> so, there you go. That's what he's, he's definitely got a very familiar face, but uh, he's only in yeah, it for a little bit. Got, yeah. It's probably a bit mean, but he's probably got a bit of a like a, an elf look to him, you know, <laughs> like that kind of, like he looks like a, he'd be a, you know, a pixie or something like that, just a kind of point, pointed kind of... Um, oh, elf. I think he said elf, like the alien. I was like, oh, elf. No, 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 right. like, yeah, like, Christmas, <laughs> like a Christmas elf. Yeah, right. I was thinking he doesn't look like that alien. It was Alf, wasn't it? That that puppet thing, or what was Alf? Uh, yeah, no, he doesn't look like it. the alien life force. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I, I think I was a little bit too young to get into Alf. But uh, anyway, hello to all our Alf fans listening uh, to this show. Alf Oz coming soon. Um, but yeah, so we talked about that. Great. I, I do like the line that he says. I was only going to use this in my opening. Maybe I'll use it for my closing, even though I'm spoiling it. When he says, like, I don't like to toot my own horn. Actually, yes, I do. I'm the best. <laughs> I just like the way yeah. he says that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, back to Julia. She is wanting a breast. Uh, she's wanting fake boobs because of Kimber, basically. Uh, so she's gone to a different doctor. Obviously, he doesn't go to Sean and Christian. And we learn about, what is it, micro-mesectomy, is that one, have I written that correctly? Small boob epidemic, basically. Um, And she wants to go up to a C or a D to keep her natural drop. Um, She's just making up an excuse she wants to change. And we're learning about, uh, obviously, women who get breast uh, enhancements after divorces and breakups. And, of course, those sad women who do it because they think it can get their exes back. And, oh, that's not Julia at all, is it? Um, and then we get her laying down on the bed and we get a nurse who I swear should be working with Christian and Sean. Um, she's got her like boobs hanging out of her scrubs. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is not professional. Surely that is not like, again, I'm not trying to say that women can't have cleavage and then it's all sexualized. I'm not trying to point that out. I'm putting on a purely practical level that a woman is walking around with cleavage that big showing like that. Like, I mean, that to me... A should be working with Christian. B looks like it's some like rip off porn that's about to start going around. Or C, I don't know what I'm talking about. Hashtag feminism. This is okay. Yeah, I mean it's all fun and games until you lose a scalpel down your cleavage, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, 
Yeah, that. I just love the way Julia stares at them. And she's like, yeah, these, you know? Oh, you know, yep, absolutely, she did these. Oh, and did they work? Like, oh, oh, I'm getting married, like, in next month or whatever. And, oh, he can't keep his hands off them. Uh, <laughs> it's just... Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird, eh? Because it's like, you know, you're saying that you don't want to uh, be misogynistic or anything. But, yeah, that line there is pr- pretty bloody misogynistic. Yeah. Well, exactly. It just basically comes down to the fact that you've got big tits. Are your man going to, you know, that's like, yeah. she's, I'm sure she's got a nice personality. Like, it shouldn't all be about her boobs, all right? Well, I think Well, I think we can all, we can both agree that we prefer Liz over, over this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm definitely with you there. <laughs> yeah, we are being misogynistic assholes, but again, you're listening to the Oz Network. What do you expect? There's no women on this show. Uh <laughs> if you're if you're a female podcaster out there and want to join, please by all means come on come on board. Uh, anyway, so we get this. She gets knocked out, Julia. She's getting the fake boobs, and we then cross into Natasha, whose eyes have been fixed. And Christian is there checking them up. She's on the phone though, uh, and she's setting up a date. Um, she's had a, a blind date. Pardon the pun. Well, you'll find that out later. Um, set up, and Christian's jealous. Even though I'm sure the guy on the phone, is it Ron, probably is a little bit jealous too because the way she says my incredibly hunky doctor is here to check up. Like, if I'm meeting some, like, random chick and all of a sudden she's, like, saying, oh, I've got a really hot doctor, I'm like, um, okay, then we'll go out with him. Bye. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's why I'm single because that's always happens to me. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do like this kind of, like, conversation. Christian's clearly jealous and just the way he's saying about, you know, oh, nobody answers a personal ad who doesn't want a connection with his penis um and basically says men are assholes they only want one thing uh and then obviously natasha basically stands up for herself i'm independent i can look out for myself i don't have a seeing eye dog uh and basically you know i don't need a seeing eye doctor i like that line um and she says like what's the best thing about being blind we have no fear of the unknown you know everything out there is unknown to us you know i'm not expecting to fall in love but you never know it's a nice scene and again it's kind of we don't really talk up too much, I feel, the writing in terms of how it's all delivered, but it all ties in well with, I guess, the the episode theme and kind of the unknown and, you know, looking at through a blind person's eyes, essentially, and it's kind of it's a good way of explaining it. Um, and I just... One thing I have to say, though, about this is that the, the, not often do I say Nip Tuck is dated. I feel a lot of Nip Tuck holds up, even, you know, we're recording this 13 years later after this episode. But I, I feel that kind of this is dated, the fact that internet dating is still seen as like a real like oh don't only men want this and all that sort of stuff like 2017 it's pretty much accepted you know it's everyday life we meet everyone on the internet you and i met on the internet nick i've stayed in your house you didn't rate me well not that i know of so like it's it's kind of it's it's accepted now i mean i was when i was in my very long-term relationship i we met in a chat room and when we used to first say oh how did you meet oh in a chat room oh oh you know like it was always looked down upon whereas nowadays everyone meets on tinder everyone meets on this it's fine but that to me is just dates this episode that internet dating is still like oh you know that's bad yeah well i think i think internet dating is still definitely a thing for for certain people that that don't you're a little bit scared of tinder um I'm going to gloss over the, the the line that you just said there that you didn't rape me, at least not that I know of. Um, let's just pretend that that never happened. Um, but, rape um, jokes, Ben. Blind jokes, rape jokes. What's next? <laughs> Who will Ben victimise next on the Oz Network? <laughs> but, yeah, I guess it does. Um, I think one of the things that actually dates this scene for me, and if I'm going to be a bit of the PC police, is um, <laughs> I can't imagine any blind person actually referring to 
um, their guide dog as a seeing eye dog. I think seeing eye dog is a term that only non-blind people would use. <laughs> um, it's a really, it's just not a term that they use. Um, it might be a guide dog or an assistance dog, um, but it definitely wouldn't be a seeing eye dog. That is such a, a non-blind thing to say. Uh, so that always cracks me up. Um, yeah, no, I mean you definitely do get those times where this it feels a little bit dated. I think I think it it kind of exists in a bubble that you know, apart from things like cell phones, um, you don't really notice it too much. Um, it's it's not particularly dated, but yeah, it, it, there is definitely things like that that you you do pick up from from time to time. Yeah, I, and it's um, again Tinder is shit, but I don't know where I was going with that anyway. Uh, again, hashtag reasons why Ben is single. Um, all right, let's go. To, let's go to Julie's apartment. Um, and oh, look who's back! It's Erica. Yay! Uh, yeah, your favourite. <laughs> I, I mean, look again. I will say, like Vanessa Redgrave does a fantastic job of making a character hateable. <laughs> I think. To, I think to be fair, this is probably the best. Um, um, Erica episode True. that we've had so far. I think this is she's actually quite good here. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Uh, and she looks. I, I think she's actually great. best when she's not with. This is a bit of an ongoing thing for me, and this isn't because this isn't a. You know, normally when I say they're not good with when they're acting against Julia, it's because I don't like Julia. Well, I don't like you know the Jolie um, Richardson's acting particularly. Um, but I, I I think that in this, it's just that I think her scenes are actually better with people that aren't Julia, and it's not. It's not a. Um, anything about about julia's character in particular it's just an, i think she's better when she's not acting against her daughter yeah no i'd probably agree with that yeah i'd agree with that i mean it's 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 an interesting and it's and again as for those of you tuning in who haven't sort of listened to any other episodes or just a reminder like he's obviously a real life mother and daughter as well you know vanessa redgrave is the real life mother of jolie richardson um but, I mean, obviously, we get this scene, she shows up, and what does she open the door with? You really do look like a crack horse, sweetheart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Loving mother yeah. there. Um, and, basically, I, I do like her sort of line when she says, like, Sean doesn't want anything to do with you. Yippee, move on. You know, it's like, here you go. Um, and then, you know, obviously, standing up for Julia, she talks about having a boobs done, and uh, she starts laughing at her, and then, kind of, uh, Julia just is going on about how, you know, she needs a mother, like, I need a hug. Um, and I love how she calls her Erica. For God's sakes, Erica. Uh, yeah. You know, just like... Doesn't no, I, I like how they kind of, you know, they always kind of come back to the, um, you know, the whole thing around um, Erica kind of wants to make this go away with money. Yeah. And, you know, so I'll write a check and, you know, you kind of get that kind of exasperation from Julia. It's like, oh, God, you know, I can't, I can't do this right now. You know, the whole line about, you know, the interest is too high. Um, you know, I really like that. I think I think it's really good. It is an interesting sort of relationship with the two of them, of course. And I think, like, probably, yeah, the more I think about it, the more I agree with you about how this is, like, the best sort of Erica scene because it's kind of, you know, what we've really had is kind of, you know, a bit of fun, you know, like she's getting a fate. Like, this is, like, a real serious dramatic scene. And kind of I think Julia's sort of downfall in these next two episodes really needs a mum involved. Um, just to kind of play into it. Because, you know, I, I don't think it's a simple case with Julia, as we will see in the next episode, where, like, a lot of her issues aren't, you know, entirely Sean and Christian related. Obviously, her mother has played a huge part in that. Um, and we're seeing that here, of just how her mother is with her. You know, even when she's kind of rock bottom, looks like a crack whore, she's just basically like, oh, I'll give you some money. And then as we're going to see in the next scene, basically like, oh, you know, Christian, Sean, you look after, I'm leaving. So, like, you know, again, back to sort of my point about Vanessa Redgrave, like, she does a good job of making a character that you don't like them because she's a horrible mother. But, um, you know, she she does what she does. She's an independent woman, I guess some people could argue. Doesn't necessarily make her a bad mother, but 
that's a whole other debate for a show with women involved when they probably talk about it more calmly than we can. Um, but yeah, I, I, the way I've written here, um, when, when she starts talking about like what she's eating, she's like, Oh, I'm eating microwave mac and cheese. Now, again, I've, I've written here, no chicken, Julia. Like that's all Julia eats is chicken. So like, yeah, <laughs> where's right. the microwave yeah. chicken? <laughs> yeah. Lest we forget. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, maybe that doesn't agree with your system after you've had um, had had boobs. I don't know. I've never had boobs. So yeah, when I got mine done, I had help. So um, oh, right. yeah, okay. I couldn't answer did that. You, did you wear Did you wear one of those new boob hammocks? Absolutely. Uh, wouldn't yeah. go anywhere without one. I still wear it just for shits and gigs because it okay. reminds me of a time in my life when I had boobs. So yeah, um, right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so. <laughs> Next bit, we uh, Erica's there with Christian and Sean, and obviously um, talking about kind of that they need help, and we just kind of get this scene where Sean's basically standing up to her and basically saying like, you know, also oh, you're leaving, you're dumping her on us, and sort of just talking about Julie's issues, and you know, Christian, you can tell is kind of wanting to look out for her, but Sean is just not giving a, a shit. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, it's interesting the few things, of course, you know, I've mentioned about, um, the Annie lines here, uh, <laughs> you know, where Annie is living. And my favorite line of all is when Sean's complaining about, um, Erica never seeing, uh, Julia, you know, you never saw her at all. I'm thinking like, well, you never see your daughter either. You're a bit of a hypocrite there, Sean. Um, <laughs> but obviously it's kind of a great scene, Sean standing up to Erica and we get, uh, a line, obviously, uh, when they're in surgery, we get uh, Christian. Sa- uh, sorry, Sean saying the best thing about being separated from Julia is I don't have to be nice to her mother anymore. Uh, which can yeah. I just point out again from experience? Breakups are good for many reasons because yeah, you don't have to be nice to your mother-in-law anymore. I've experienced that; it's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> we're learning a lot about my life right now, aren't we? Um, but anyway, uh, kind of lumping those two scenes in together. Um, I don't know what else really you want to add about this, but I think they're two scenes that work well, obviously, as we continue this downfall of Julia. Um, just the other, the thing I wanted to add is that I think, um, Sean's kind of scenes here are really good. I think he, he acts that kind of anger really well. You know, it's, it's controlled anger. He doesn't kind of go crazy. Um, yeah, I really like what, what Dylan Walsh is doing with the character here. And yeah, that, that line at the end is really cool. I, I, you know, it's a good way of putting it and it's a way that a lot of people will be able to relate to that, you know, of the whole thing of trying to, you know, be nice to people's relatives or friends because you're in a relationship with them. And, you know, like there'll be a lot of people that will understand what, what Sean's saying there. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I totally think it's a good piece of acting there. Do you, did you get along with all your mother and, you know, well, potential mother-in-laws, I guess? You know what I mean when I say mother-in-law, just you didn't marry them by the law. But did you get on well with most of your uh, partner's mothers, Nicholas? Uh, of course. I get along well with everybody. It's, uh, <laughs> it goes no, no, I honestly did. I, yeah. I'm, um, yeah. I honestly cannot, and this is not just me, I, I don't need to suck up to you, you're a New Zealander, but, like, I can't imagine you being mean to anyone. That's just from what I know of you, so... <laughs> Um, Have I, you been I, mean I, to anyone in your I, life, Nick? <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely, but it doesn't happen very often. Right. Is it just somebody who's like a I shit dog or something like that? Or... <laughs> yeah, just just bitch about them on a podcast. Yeah, of course. Hello to uh, all our ex-mother-in-laws listening. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just adding you to the list of potential listeners. You never know. We've been desperate for listeners at this point. Yeah. Please listen. I know I called you a bitch and you are a bitch, but please listen to the show. Uh we, uh, I do actually, I like that line when uh, Sean says, we've enabled her so much, she's disabled. That's, I think, a pretty strong line. Just yeah. 
pointing that out there. Um, now, we then move into uh, the bar, don't we? Yes, the bar scene. And where Christian's obviously there uh, looking at Natasha to kind of, you know, I guess he wants, he's jealous. He wants to bone Natasha. Of course he does. But at the same time, he wants to see, I guess, who this blind date is going to be. Can I just point out uh, the music, the song in here, Just Be by Kirsty Hawkshaw, a fantastic song. I love this song to bits. I love this song before I even saw Nip Tuck and uh, one of my favourite artists, Tiesto, remixed this song on one of his albums and actually called his album Just Be. Um, but yeah, Just Be Me by Kirsty Hawkshaw. If you, if you want it, there it is. Download it. It's a great, great, great song. And it works really well with this scene, I think. So just pointing that out. Um, but the blind date that Natasha's on is actually a blind date because he's also blind. Now, again, without being disrespectful, Nick, to our blind listeners, how do two blind people meet on a personal website? Like, and particularly with Natasha, who said she's very independent. I don't have a, a politically incorrect seeing eye dog. You know, I go to the supermarket myself, all this sort of stuff. She'd have to have somebody there to help her on the internet, right? Like, again, this is 2004. Siri didn't exist. Like, it's not like, didn't Siri read my emails? You know what I mean? Like, it's... Am I am I thinking a bit too meanly here, or are there other ways around this for blind people to date in 2004? Well, I mean, there's probably totally a, a, a website at the time that was, you know, for blind people that want to meet other blind people. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, the, the internet's a crazy thing. You know, you can you can get anything you want on the internet, um, even back in 2004. Um, you know, there's there's places you can go to to satisfy any of your disgusting fetishes. So <laughs> I can't imagine that uh, you know the, the realms of possibility is that there's definitely you know um, a website for blind people to meet up. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, I actually know somebody who's blind pretty well, and um, it's pretty amazing the technology they have. And yeah, obviously we're we're talking 13 years difference here, but you, I think you'd be quite amazed at the technology that they actually have to to kind of help their lives. Um, I'm not sure that's exclusively just for dating. I think they use it for other stuff too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely something to, um, that it wouldn't surprise me if there was a website for that kind of thing. I mean, I'm sure in your extensive research of finding all those unique weird fetishes that are online, Nick, um, you, you would, you would know, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's very fascinating to kind of experience how, I guess blind people would date in that situation. And like, again, as you said, like just, it's not all just about the dating world, but, um, and I, it's kind of, it's a cute little storyline that they're both blind. And obviously we're going to get to that a little bit. And we get Christian at the bar laughing and then the bar, I love the nosy bartender. What's so funny. <laughs> it's like, I'm such an <laughs> yeah, asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's, it's, I just think it's funny. But I love how Christian still stays, doesn't he? Like, you know, at that point you think, oh, maybe he'll leave. But he doesn't because, you know, flash forward very shortly, we're going to see he obviously sticks around a little bit to see how the blind blind date will go on. Um, And again, without being disrespectful, like, that would be a very interesting, you know, date watching these two blind people, like, eat their food. I don't want... That sounds mean. I shouldn't say that. I don't know anybody who's blind and you do and I feel like I'm being disrespectful right now. Stop making jokes about people's disabilities, Ben. Uh, (laughs) I'm dating this podcast. It's 2017, not 2004. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, it's we generally offend people without trying. It's um, you know, we're not deliberately trying to do it. We we're just idiots. Yes, uh, you know, and put all the blame on me. Nick is a nice guy. All right, he's a nice, he's a neat lady. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Only on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Monica Culpepper reference. Anyway. Um, so we then cut, and who do we get here, Nick? It's Annie. Annie's on oh, the screen. 
Yeah, but you don't really want to see it because you've got head lice. <laughs> I don't care if Annie's got scabies. It's still Annie. <laughs> I will say, actually, the, the one thing that I really noticed in this scene, this scene is obviously Julia uh, picking through Annie's head because she has lice. Uh, watch, Go back and watch this scene with Kelsey Badeline because she acts like this is the kind of what I think we've talked about, how she's actually a pretty good actress for someone her age. She's not one of these annoying little shit child actresses. Just, like, watch her and watch the way she's kind of, like, looking at her hair. Like, it's just so natural. Like, it doesn't feel, like, at all like she's acting. I reckon they've legitimately gone to her, put some lice in her hair, and just press record without even telling her the cameras are rolling. Because it just seems so natural, the way she's kind of reacting to her hair and everything along those lines. Um, Erica shows up again. Um, I, and he has the line, will I have to shave my head? Um, and it's like, no, honey, you're not your brother. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. Spoiler Oops, alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yes, epic spoiler. Oh, don't tell us that at one point Matt shaves his mullet in this series. No, spoiler. People, people are switching off, never yeah, watching nah, again. Can't do it. You've spoiled Nip Tuck for me. Uh, Erica yeah. shows up, talks about lice, and basically uh, Annie has to go get in the bath. And Julia and Erica are there changing the bed sheets, and Erica's again offering money. Let's go get some new sheets. And uh, Julia, oh no, 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 not just not just offering money. She says, "I'll buy you some new sheets. My treat. Oh, what a fantastic treat! I just want some fucking sheets. Fantastic." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But, I mean, again, knowing Erica, she'll probably buy, like, an Egyptian thread 20,000 count, um, you know, and probably, like, $20,000 sheets. I don't know. Um, and, yeah, so we get the scene. And what Julia... Oh, so Erica basically says she's going to leave early in the morning because she has to, her schedule's changed and Julia kind of chucks a tanty because uh, she's leaving and then Erica eventually leaves a check on the bedside table after complaining. I love her a bit where she's like, I feel like one of them crawling on me. Something's on me. Um, but of course, you know what I'm going to point out is the best part about this entire scene is little old Annie in the background. Mummy, 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 are you coming? <laughs> like just angry. Yeah. Annie. <laughs> to, yeah. me, to me, that yeah. is not the only time Annie ever says that. That is Annie in the closet. Mummy, you've forgotten about me. Mummy! Like, that is just yeah. Annie's life. She's always constantly Pretty calling, much. like, Mummy, Daddy, where are you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she just she just cries and and you know, it turns up when it's when it's useful. Yes. I I, I didn't know if you had anything else to add on that scene. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, not really. There's not a whole lot to unpack on that scene really. I mean, Annie's in it, on. come on. Yeah. Well, yeah, apart from that. <laughs> oh god, we we just need to do an Annie tribute episode. <laughs> Just, that's it. Welcome to the Annie Oz Network. Um, we're going to rename ourselves the Annie Network. There you go. Um, <laughs> moving forward, that's what we're going to be called. Um, anyway, we're back to the bar scene, and Christian's still at the bar, as we mentioned. And uh, the blind date, Ron, comes up to the bar and basically says to Christian, you know, you see that blind girl over there, you know, is she hot? Uh, you know, is she eight or nine? Does she have a good pair of tits? Uh, you know, very nice. Great impression you want to make. <laughs> and basically, Christian turns around and says, oh, no, she's at least 10 to 15 years older, um, you know, and then he's like, oh, liar. Oh, you know, I knew she was or whatever. And, you know, oh, tell her my mother had a stroke. <laughs> like how Christian says, that's the best you can do. And he's like, she lied, not me, and then leaves. Uh, so, yeah, classy guy. Uh, Christian obviously then goes and joins uh, her at the table and they have this sort of back and forth conversation. Natasha saying that he couldn't stop talking about uh, his ex-girlfriend um, and 
we get that great line from Christian when he's like, you know, she's like, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm here to protect you from bastards like me. Um, and yeah, we just kind of, from this point on, she grabs his hand. They have a weird moment. Um, and talking about scents and notes and all this kind of stuff. And we also get that great line about how Natasha like rubs Christian's head, the one on his shoulders and says, um, yeah, you seem like you're the one who needs rescuing, not me. Um, and then we get this. I don't even know how to describe this, like, next sequence of scenes. I mean, would you say it's beautiful? I'd say it's beautiful. I mean, we get, uh, what is it, Rufus Wainwright's song, Natasha, appropriate. Um, and then having sex. But I shouldn't say having sex. They're making love at this point. Because it's very it's very sweet and intense and such to the point, because just the way Natasha obviously is, she's blind, so there's a lot more feeling and touching and emotions. And it just... The, the acting, obviously, we see Christian with a tear rolling down his face, and then when they're, like, in bed and just that look on Christian's face afterwards, you know, all props to uh, to Julian McMahon there, and also, you know, props to uh, Rebecca Gayhart as well. I mean, it's beautifully acted. It's one of these scenes, again, where I always look at it and think, imagine being in that room as watching these two just acting this scene. You know what I mean? Like, just, you know, take away the fact that we're watching a TV show. These are two actors playing characters. And it just seems that both, you know, Julian McMahon and Rebecca Gayhart just had that chemistry that they could get away with it. So, it's it's a beautiful scene. It really is. The most beautiful sex scene in Nip Tuck history. <sighs> okay. Um, oh, you don't like it? Oh, shit. <laughs> no, I hate it. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, it just it feels so, uh, like unbelievable to me like it just it is too much um wow you know this, it's just like christian's not gonna be like this this is not you know he's not gonna be crying after having sex this is not christian um it reminds me i don't know if you've ever seen the movie it's a bit of an old movie it's called um oh it's about a guy and he basically gives up sex for a month um it's got like josh hartnett oh or 40 something days like and 40 nights yeah, good old yeah, josh hartnett like yeah, yeah, the yeah. Forgotten actor um, that, yeah. Anyway, yep. <laughs> but, but anyway, there's a, there's a, you know, like the big scene in that movie is, you know, basically he can't have sex or touch a woman and he ends up like getting this girl off by like rubbing a flower on her, basically. It's, <laughs> it's, I'm making it sound worse than it actually is, but it, it's kind of like that. Like it's just like they're going for this, oh, you know, this amazing, beautiful scene and it just comes across as a bit corny. Um, and it's, it's just too much for me, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not well acted i think it is well acted but it's just a bit much wow gee i um yeah i couldn't disagree with you more i think i I mean i can see what you're saying about christian but i think that's kind of the point you don't expect christian to act like that but because you know he's not used to kind of being in a situation where it's it's more about the touch and the emotions rather than just let's rip off our pants and fuck like i think that's kind of the point like you're not expecting him to and i think that's kind of the the really shocking part the confronting part is kind of like just when he turns his head and you got that tear rolling down his face it's like whoa fuck you know, I think like, I probably could have. I probably could have gone with it if it hadn't been for that. I think that's the bit that kind of, like, it's just that one step too far. You're like, ugh, no, nah, no, nah, I can't do it. Wow, wow, there you go. Look at that big disagreement there. Uh, but I mean, are, are you a Rufus Wainwright fan? Do you like the song Natasha? Uh, um, I mean, I didn't. I didn't notice it either way. So which <laughs> would indicate that it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, okay then. Uh, anyway, uh, we're back now to Sean's house. He's not crying over sex. He's just crying watching something on TV. I don't know what he's watching. Um, and then Julia walks in, and I'm thinking at first, like, wow, uh, he did a good job at changing those locks, but obviously she <laughs> <laughs> she's dropped Annie off, and again, you know, just the usual uh, McNamara household of shoving Annie in a closet somewhere. Um, and then 
she obviously hands him a bottle of shampoo. It's got insecticide in it. It's life shampoo. Did you used to have that? Like, I remember, like, in primary school, there would always be, like, the one time a year where lice was going around. So, it was kind of like, you know, the teachers would check your hair. And then it would, like, if you've got it, you'd go to the uh, the office and you get a free bottle of shampoo. Now, I never got lice, ever. But I was always weirdly jealous that people were getting free bottles of shampoo, that I wanted to fake having lice just to get a free bottle of shampoo. Well, everyone loves free stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just wanted you free you stuff. You don't say no to free stuff, even if it's stuff that you're never going to use or you never you never knew you wanted before. You know, now now because it's free, you've got to have it. That's just that that's a, a universal rule of the world, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, it's not just like a, a lollipop or something. It's like, hey, like shampoo's quite expensive. Like it's it free. Is. It is. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like whether you've got lice or not, I presume that the that you know it's still is good for you here. I don't know. Well, it's got insecticide in it. I mean, you don't want to grab the wrong one. Uh, I mean, anyway. Uh, so, but obviously, this seed kind of comes down to Julia. Like, you know, do you notice anything different? You know, I had my breast done or whatever she says, and Sean's obviously like, oh, you know, yeah, your mother told me about it. Would you like to see them? Um, and it kind of, I mean, it reminds me slightly of there was it season one when she shows her boobs to christian except uh the difference is you know there's no real sexual chemistry here and i would actually i i would have done it if i could have been bothered but clearly i leave it up to our you know listeners that are non-existent in terms of the blind and the all the other minorities that we were bagging out before uh but like remember in that episode when she says to sean like look at my breasts and he says like oh you know they're this that and he basically gives all the doctor's speech and he says that kind of to her in this episode. I'd like to know if they are the same lines that he says, because to me they sound very similar to what he said in that episode. But he, he basically gets all doctor on her, like she's done a good job, blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, Julie's obviously like, do you like them? And it's like, doesn't matter what I like, it's what the patient likes. Uh, and then she starts crying and obviously he's very upset because, you know, she, he's obviously not reacting the way that uh, she wants him to. Screw you, Sean. I don't care what you think and leaves. And that kind of obviously leads into this final scene. This was the scene that I think I mentioned a couple of episodes ago. I got confused as to I thought this was the end of the episode. I think it was the one where she hooked up with the um, the the tool guy and he's, you know what I mean, the one night stand. Um, I thought this was how that episode ended, but it's this episode where she's drunk, she's on pills. She walks through a glass door and uh, luckily she has big boobs cushion a fall because that's kind of what happens at the end. But I've loved all that together. That's the end of this episode, but uh, obviously ending on a cliffhanger. Yeah, I think just just going back to that scene between the two of them, I think it's um, another really good, you know, we talked about how Dylan Walsh kind of doesn't get his credit and he, he gets a little bit overshadowed by Julian McMahon. And I think the kind of scene where, you know, he's kind of looking at the boobs and, um, and you know, she kind of leans in and you think it's going to turn into a kiss and, and he kind of pulls away and just his facial reaction is yeah. like really good like it's just those kind of like he's really good at the subtle acting um i think he's the just such an unsung hero of the show he's just he's amazing um and that's just a really good example of that so yeah and i mean obviously going out on a bit of a bit of a cliffhanger um this is actually one i remember the the preview for the week after um because i remember you know this this scene and then kind of smash cut into the preview is um you know julia getting zipped up in a body bag um so, you know, we'll talk about that next episode. But, um, yeah, I, I very clearly remember the preview for the following episode, which is um, it's kind of funny I remember that after all these years. It's weird that you remember certain um, ads. Like, I remember the ad, like the promo for the next week from the first season when they were kind of like promoting the whole, you know, Megan O'Hara stuff. Um, and, you know, the line where Sean says, just like, I just found you. Like, just the way they were like advertising that. 
Um, but yeah, that body bag one, like, I don't remember that sequence, but I could definitely see how they would use that. There's, and I will, there's actually another TV show, like, well, I mean, there's 24 fans, clearly. Um, I remember in one of the ones when it was a similar thing when they, the way they promoted it and they were basically like, we guarantee you next week, Jack Bauer will die. And it's like, oh, what? And, you know, spoiler alert, his heart stops for like five seconds. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I guess technically he died for five seconds, but you yeah. Know. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, so that's um, episode eleven, Natasha Charles. Um, I mean, unless you've got anything else to add on it, Nick, we can uh, get into our rating uh, again. I think we've got about three hundred and seventeen ratings this week. Uh, so, which of those are you going to choose? Um, I think for me, it's a it's a rent. Um, it's you know, there's there's nothing particularly amazing about this episode, but it's also. It's not bad either, you know. It's it's a completely forgettable episode, but if you just you know if you've got this at home and you pop it in and, and watch it, you're not going to uh, you're not going to be disappointed. And you know, having that little cliffhanger ending is quite fun as well. Yeah, I I'm with you. I agree. It's a renter. I mean, it's it's got some good stuff in it. It's got Annie in it for fuck's sake. But um, yeah, there's nothing really that's so out. Like you you wouldn't find really anything in this episode. I feel we'll put in our top five at the end of the year and. Uh, end of the season, I should say, or, you know, anything like that. But, uh, you know, still enjoyable. It's not a bad episode, but, um, you know, you're not going to remember this one for a long, long time. (laughs) Obviously, Nick's not going to remember any sex scenes in this episode. Um, So, yeah, yeah, there you go. All right, so uh, we're moving now into the 12th episode, our next episode. It's called Julia McNamara. What a surprise. But uh, I'm just going to say this is one of my favourite episodes of this TV show and one of my favourite TV show episodes in general. I fucking love the next episode. I think it is a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic episode. Um, I'm saying it now. It's a buy it no matter what happens (laughs) in our discussion next week. Uh, But, yeah, this is one of the greatest episodes of Nip Tuck ever created. Yeah, we, well, this could be uh, contentious because I'm not entirely sure. I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong yet. Um, I'd be interested to talk it through with you because I've got some conflicting feelings about it. So um, it's going to be fun to talk it through. It is definitely. And uh, as always, watch along with us. We hope you are. Uh, all the blind people and everybody else. Um, I'm sure you've got like audio description on if you're blind. But whatever. I'm not getting into that. Uh, we'll be back next week to keep going on Nip Tuck. We've just lost a portion of our audience. Uh, as always, please uh, to get these directly to your device. Remember to subscribe to us, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Fucking knock on my door and I'll, like, perform it for you live. I don't know. Um, I can do that if somebody really wanted me to. <laughs> I mean, I don't write these out as a script. It'd be different to this episode and Nick wouldn't be here. But, uh, you know, y- you join Nick for his voice. You look at me for me because I'm ugly. I don't know. Um, but just listen. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, and like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can communicate with us there. Tell us we're all, you know, misogynistic pricks, or at least me. And, um, yeah, interact. That's generally how we roll. Uh, I'm leaving. I, I can't talk anymore. Uh, my name is uh, is Ben, and uh, I don't like to toot my own horn. Actually, yes, I do. I'm the best. I already gave away what I was going to close it with, so that had no surprise at all. And I'm Nick, and uh, Bazoom's Power Boobie. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.